Should I say something off color and interesting that we can lead the show in with? Sure. Uh, holy rusty metal, Batman. <laughs> oh it's God. our show. Not again, my fine ward. <laughs> <laughs> this guy swallowed fucking God. Whoa. <laughs> hey, look at this guy over here trying to swallow fucking God. This guy's got a tummy full of God over here. <laughs> the power of the sun in the palm of his hands? <laughs> oh, whoa. It's crazy. Look at this guy here thinking he swallowed God or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. That's definitely going to make it to the beginning of the show. We're back. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. Uh, there's no Arthur. What'd you say? And I'm Mike. And I'm Mike. Yes, Arthur <laughs> is not here with us today. He was not in the center of the circle, and so his soul is inside a Philosopher's Stone at the moment. Oh. Don't worry. We're going to fix it in surprisingly short amount of time. So Yeah, also, <laughs> it turns out if you get stuck inside a Philosopher's Stone, you still might be able to get one more guest star appearance, <laughs> as it turns out. Don't worry about it. But our guests here today are good friends of the show. One of them has been a co-host like three times now, so please welcome back to the show, Magellan and Allen from Chats, a television podcast. Yay. Hey. Welcome, guys. It's good to have you back. Hey squad, we're it's here. It's great to be back. I said we're back because, and this is a little bit of behind the scenes, uh, although you listeners have listened to us every single week, we have not recorded this podcast for two months. So mm -hmm. forgive us if we're a little bit rusty. That's the magic of batch <laughs> recordings. Yes. Uh, In a sense, we never left. But this week's episode is called He Who Would Swallow God. Mm. And it was directed by Toru Ishida, who directed Filial Affection, Conflict de Basku, Return of the Fuhrer, and many more. This is their last episode, so sound out the cannon. Do we have, we have a cannon? We do. We've been using it for like five episodes. It was written by Hiroshi Onogi, series head writer, who wrote every single episode until the end. So congratulations, Hiroshi. Wow. He got killer residuals out of this gig. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and made art too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Of course, I of course, made art. some art along the way. Uh, made people think. Sure. Do you get residuals? <laughs> I mean, is there a union for anime? Well, I've heard a well, lot about exploited. Oh, I don't yeah. think so. I, oh. I'm pretty sure you don't get residuals. Actually, that sucks. <laughs> anyway. Bad for them. <laughs> Before we move on to the episode in question, let's do our improvised recap. This is the moment in the podcast where one of us must do an improvised 21 second recap of this week's events. This is the first time I've ever hoped it was me. And that person will be chosen by the roll of a dice. <laughs> really? This one? Okay. Yeah, this one because it's batshit. All right, let's go. <laughs> if you lands on one, it's me. If you lands on two, it's I almost said Arthur. It's Mike. If you lands on three, it's Magellan. If you lands on four, it's Alan. So let's roll the dice. If there is a god who hasn't been swallowed, it'll be Mike. Two. It's actually, holy shit, Mike. It's Congratulations. me. Congratulations. All right. It's I'm going to recap this motherfucker. Right. God is real. God is real. All right. Ready? Mike, if you can yeah. do this in 21 seconds, I will give you $5. I This is not... I don't, <laughs> I'm not to put some stakes in this. All right? Any moves. We're okay. cooking. We got stakes. Here we go. Okay. Three, two, one, Go. Okay, so uh, father's winning, and then all of a sudden Ben Holmheim's like, no, I put a bunch of Philosopher's Stones, blah, 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 googly, googly, and then they win, and then he doesn't win, and then they do like a fight for a big bad, and then all of a sudden there's like an epic showdown between Scar and Wrath, and then Wrath loses, and then everyone's like, whoa, wiggly, wiggly, and I beat you with magic, and they destroy pride, and then the episode is kind of over, and they're all fighting father still. That does not count. That was 24 seconds. So God damn it. Dang. 24 seconds. Dang. But, but that's more or less right, right? I mean, am I right? What about Kimberly? 
Yeah, oh, you Kim- forgot so much. Kimberly, <laughs> I said Kimberly is part of the Wiggly Wiggly. Okay, everything about this episode was Wiggly Wiggly. It, it was no an all-encompassing sense. Wiggly. It was absolutely not set up, <laughs> not set up well. It was magic mumbo jumbo bullshit. It was so disappointing. Oh, I am devastated. Holy oh. shit! Jesus Christ! Sound out the alarms. Mike agrees with me. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's I'm sorry. around the apartment with his shirt off. I'm sorry. Was- Oh my God, guys, I was so prepared with like a conciliatory speech. I was going to be like, you know, there are things I liked and I was going to diminish the things I didn't like, but fuck that shit. Mike, you are absolutely right. None of this was set up. This was not set. This was random narrative noise. This was ridiculous. This was white sound, the movie. This was so ridiculous. I I don't even know. I mean, it was just, and Kimberly coming back, like was the most insane, crazy thing I've ever seen. Like I was watching it with my friend here who's never seen it before. They're like, so who's that? And I'm like, oh, well, that's a war criminal. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they're helping out and then they're going to go away now. (laughs) It made no sense. It was yeah. so like, how dare you maintain your individuality? Blah, like, th- I can't even begin to explain to you how little sense this all made. And I've been watching this show so carefully and really thinking about it and absorbing it. And I can't tell you how disappointed I am in how poorly executed. And like, I wonder if the manga sets this up, but I actually have to believe that the manga sets this up so much better and that everything makes sense and that it's all been plotted out and planned. And the problem is, is that because it's being passed from writer to writer, week to week, and the, the serialized nature in which it's made, that they just never managed to plant this stuff. It's the only thing I can think of because like, I have so much respect mm. for the story, so much respect for the characters. I can't think of what else it could possibly be. I, I don't know how, the, how this could have been allowed. It was so disappointing. I'm so sorry. I cannot believe this. Uh, before we continue, Magellan and Alan, what did you guys think? So I haven't watched Full Metal Alchemist myself in a little while. Um, it's been like pretty much since the last time we were on when I watched a couple episodes back to back. Like I haven't been keeping up with my watching, but I've been listening to the pod. And so I totally forgot that the back like 10 episodes or whatever of Brotherhood just go fully buck wild. And to start this episode with like a parade of, of just like shots of dead bodies. And I was like, this is a shonen. Where are we? It, it required a lot of like readjusting my brain to this. I did enjoy the fight scenes in this episode, and I think that often you can, like, put aside the weirdness of the back half of FMA and just appreciate, like, all... It's just, it's kind of an excuse for fight scenes, and most of them are really exciting, and I think the small moments in this episode are good, but yeah, overall, like, do not care about this father Mm -hmm. stuff. It feels beyond the pale at this point, to me. Yeah, I mean... I'm finding myself in the odd position where I may be the person who liked it the most, which Magellan, never I still happens. like it. Oh, really? Never happens Love. to me. I think the reason for that is that there are a lot of really great ideas here that are, I agree, not executed well at all. This whole time I've been tracking and hoping for something to happen where we sort of question like, okay, we have this rule of equivalent exchange. We have this whole talk of like, you know, the hints of, oh, I'm going to bring God down to earth, become the perfect being. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Somebody's going to try to become a God. Somebody's going to try to change the rules. Yeah. And then the last episode presents you with this like cacophony of cosmic imagery. And then (laughs) this one, unfortunately. The sun is masculine and the moon is a woman. woman. And then in this one, it all boils down to, unfortunately, father as a, a God, a new God is not interested in like rewriting the rules or doing anything interesting. He's just like, I'm hot now. And as Dr. Otto Octavius once said, 
the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. And that's <laughs> that's what he's doing. And it's was like, that okay, recording that's recording, or did boring. someone just say that? <laughs> I just that was my delivery. How did you guys think it was? That was extremely I'm good. Molina. That's a great Alfred Molina. <laughs> and yeah, they undo it so quickly. But I think my favorite thing about this episode was the concept behind how father's power is undone. This idea where Hohenheim's like, look, I have this civilization's worth of souls inside of me. And I have wandered over the years, like meeting each of them and bringing them back to a sense of individual consciousness so that we can like team up against you. That's an awesome idea that is like, just not on the screen much at all except for him to say like i did this this is what i was up to it's this payoff to the like philosopher's stones are made of souls thing that could have been done so much better but like in theory that idea is really cool to me every single idea that happened like that they talked about like every single thing like the whole pride oh you're a vessel and i'm a vessel and i'm gonna take you and then kimberly explaining how like turning him into a little baby is interesting and and the mm-hmm. uh, Van Hohenheim walking around the world and setting this up. It's all interesting idea-wise. It's all cool. But that's the thing. That's the problem. It's the not problem. really a story, right? No, like, <laughs> like, that's like a, a major principle of storytelling, which is yeah. that ultimately ideas are not interesting. People are interesting. Right. Characters are interesting. Ideas only work if they're represented well through the characters changing in the story. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's Tenet is a complicated, boring mess. Because it's cool idea, but it, nobody, you don't, what, who the fuck cares? You know what I mean? Like, right. Your characters don't matter. Right. If they wanted to set that up, then they should have set that up. If they wanted to set up, like they sort of do, they, they kind of do, but it's like, I don't want to sit there and do a math problem at the end of an episode and sit there and make fake transmutation circles. Right. And like line them up and try to figure out what the math is on why they are able to win. You know what I mean? I want them to win because it makes sense with the characters of the story. Like I, I want it to make sense. And I I think the other thing that is like kind of a letdown is ultimately the way to counteract father becoming a God is this scheme that Hohenheim cooked up before the events of the show even happened. Yeah. And and, and never told our protagonists about it and never involved them in it in any way, shape or form. Right. And so you have a room full of the main characters of the show and he steps up and he's like, okay, by the way, I got this. Don't worry. I got this. Check me out. (laughs) And they're like, oh, cool. Nice. Thanks, dad. I I thought about that too. It's like, do they set up Hohenheim's plan in any way, shape or form? Apart from the very vague mentions that he has a plan and which he never tells anyone, he is introduced as walking the earth. And there is one scene in one episode where he reaches into his body and throws something on the floor. But I don't think that's enough. And I feel like it all comes back to the fact that this show is not called Van Holheim. It's called Fumetal Alchemist. And so right. I was watching this episode and there was a moment where I, when Roy at the end was like, I'm sorry for being so useless. And I'm like, none of you have done anything for the past 15 minutes. Ed hasn't mm-hmm. done anything for the past 15 minutes. In terms of doing things, it goes Holheim. There's a huge gap mate does one thing and then nobody else like, well i will say this the tiny panda was great and oh, sh- yes very true it's How time dare you? for panda talk why would you do this to oh, me time for panda talk yeah panda talk yeah the, okay actually i'm just kidding the panda i don't really know i have nothing to say i mean it was in the episode i, I assume 
I mean, look, if you want to talk about pandas, just keep a reminder that Mike Arthur has given you the power to activate the trapdoor. So uh, <laughs> use that carefully. <laughs> Rap fight. It's total bullshit that he o- that Scar only wins because <laughs> the sun shine on Raph's <laughs> sword. I feel like that. I swear that happened. I literally went, fuck you. Like, come on. I didn't on. think that was so bad. Look, I actually think the Raph Scar fight is the strongest point in this episode. I agree. Beautifully animated. You know why? Because it was related to character and not right. stupid ideas. Yep. Yep. It was related. It's it. interesting to us to see Scar kill Raph because there's so many stakes there. They have a history together. They've been fighting for this whole thing. They're antithetical to each other's point of views. And also, what is the sin that Scar has been fighting this whole show oh, if not shit, for Magellan. his wrath? He's been fighting Wrath the whole time, and now he metaphorically defeats his own Wrath by destroying Wrath. Yeah, that's really that's cool. That's pretty good. That's that's really good. Well, why couldn't we have the same thing with Father? What <laughs> yeah. has Ed been fighting if not his father? I don't know. Well, yeah, Ed's stakes in this particular situation of stopping Father are the same stakes as any person in the Mestres, which is he just wants to survive. Like, hmm. sure, there's kind of this tangential relation to his own family, and sure, the homunculi have been on his on his ass for, like, so long. But, like, if Ed loses to Father, he doesn't lose a chance to get his limbs back. Like, there's no relation to his personal quest that we've been following for 60 hmm. episodes. It's literally, like... There was Ed's quest for this long, and then there was this guy in the background being like, here I go, here I come, my evil plot, here I go. <laughs> Feels like um, when you're playing D&D and the DM has this plot, and then at some point the DM is like, you guys are not interacting with the plot, I'm just going to have the plot happen around you, and you guys are doing something else. Like, I don't know if this is too specific, but like no, that's that, what that it felt a, like. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a but, lot of sense and then. Sure. One of the characters pulls out a magic item that the DM forgot they had. And yeah, is like, right, well, I could right. just make him like a weak guy. And the DM's like, okay, well, um, he runs away to go make another thing. Right. That That's what it feels like. like that's literally <laughs> yeah. what that feels like. Right. Well, and it seems like the unifying idea of the sacrifices is that there are people who, in their own way, defied the same god that father is trying to defy and like there's something about that but like there's just the lore connection and there's not the sort of story connection or this reflective moment for ed and al to think about like ah damn like we were trying to upend the rules as well and i don't know there's like something in that that the show just doesn't explore they're not hitting that they're not they're missing the point they're missing a major exploitative point there you know what i mean like that they're all trying to break the rules everyone there tried to break the rules or is breaking the rules except for roy who was forced to break the rules i guess right right that also muddles it a little bit you know what i mean but that's interesting is that that's what could have unified everything you know yeah. what I mean? Which is so unfortunate because I hate that Michelle's right that this turned into, <laughs> I really fucking hate it, is that it just turned into, okay, let's all fight the big bad. You know, we got to admit, there is one good thing about all this father hubbub, which is when he becomes God, and they frame it really well because you start off with him in the shadows and you just hear his voice, and then it slowly pans up and you see him and holy mother of God, he's a hunk. 
My tongue rolls out, turns into a cha-ching. He goes at the end and he's like, I did it. I'm hot now. <laughs> oh, he's definitely the, oh no, he's hot. Like, hot's yeah. here. Oh no, the bad guy's hot. What do we do? Is he, is he still bad? Should we fight him? <laughs> When Ra when Wrath is dying, when when King Bradley dies, I really do like that he makes mention of the fact like he lived the life that was put out for him, you know, and right. he made one decision, and that was his wife. And even when, wife. And when his son dies, when Pride dies, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> and when his son, I'm, shut up. And when his son dies, his son dies. He also thinks of his family. You know what I mean? And remember when Gluttony dies, Gluttony was like, "Lost, save me," you know. Mm -hmm. And and obviously greed has his own element. Like, I'm just saying, like it's interesting to me that he created a facsimile of human life, like to mock it by making these sins, you know. And yet yeah. there's something very human about each one of them. The problem you're pointing out is that the homunculi are more interesting than father. They're far mm -hmm. more interesting than father. Mm -hmm. Much more. Oh yeah. We get the revelation that the country is a circle super early in the show, and. You don't need to like unveil something new. You can force us to sit in the philosophy of like, why would someone want to swallow God? But even that would have been better if he was like, here's why I did it. He didn't even say that. He's just like, let's check out what I can do. Boom. Wow. <laughs> I can make a sun and look at my abs, which again. <laughs> and, and I think the reason, I think it's kind of there in the episode where we're introduced to father and hohenheim's backstory together that it just seems like father resented his existence in the manner in which he existed right. and like that's plenty motivation just like why do i have to be this like creepy creature in a flask screw that i don't want to follow those rules i want to i want to do my own thing just tell me that show and that's plenty. And I'm here for it. He even says at the beginning of this episode, I will no longer be constrained by any right. flask. I think he says that. Yeah. Right. But yeah. So RIP Wrath, RIP Pride, you're turned into a fetus. Happens to the best well, of us. Is he dead? <laughs> He's just a fetus. He's not dead. He's defeatist. Oh. <laughs> Victory over defeat. Ba -da -bum -ba -da -bum. Ouch. Y'all are planning on reading the manga at some point? Is that correct? A definite, absolutely. I need to read it because you I'm do. so curious. I'm so curious about how this is handled. I have not read all of it. I have like four other full length manga. But um, from what I understand, a lot of this late half stuff is just fleshed out a lot more. Like, did you want to actually see father fight in this like new cool power mode instead of just be like, ah, I'm powerful. I'm going to do a speech. Well, he does a whole fight in the manga. We joked about how greed is just like, I'm here. Oh, you're already done. Uh... But like greed is with them in the manga. I don't know why they made it. So he's like, I was hiding the whole time. Unnecessary. Because greed sucks. Let's just <laughs> get this out of the way. I, I know Mike's probably pressing the disconnect button right now. No, I don't I'm care. Not, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think greed sucks. I don't. Like there's some really great moments with greed. Mm -hmm. Having Mike agree with me has unleashed me in ways I have never thought to be possible. <laughs> I know. This is not good can, for it. This is not good for anybody. I can finally say greed sucks. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't suck. It just doesn't really gel. You know, like there's so many things that are just not coming together that they almost put together. You know what I mean? Like Scar's brother researching a different type of alchemy. Yeah, they talk a little bit about how like there's a bunch of souls underground. And I don't know. It's just like it's all there, but it's like 
we're not alchemists, okay? This is not a real science. <laughs> There's no way for us to understand what this could all mean. And now we have to pay the price, which reminds me, Mike. Oh. Yeah, you forgot that we do this, right? <laughs> I actually did. I was like, what? <laughs> what? And now it's time for you to do your Mikey at the bat. This is the moment of the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode based solely on the title and the thumbnail of said episode. Mike, will you please describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, A Fierce Counterattack? All right, so episode 62, A Fierce Counterattack, and there's Armstrong looking at his uh, strong, strong arms. arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I think this is what's going to happen. I think they're going to all fight Father and they're going to win. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Huh. No, I'm sad. I'm sad no, I'm too. I'm sad. <laughs> I think we're all a little sad that I'm right about this. <laughs> I'm all, we're all a little sad that... That, that your this... joy has just been sapped away by one episode. No, you know what? My joy hasn't been sapped away. This was a great journey. Sometimes it's not about the destination. I think the show, the one thing they could still say something with is just what's going to happen with Al's soul. Yeah, Al's soul and the brother's yeah. body. Listen, all right, Al, that is I the one him. way they can save this show, in my opinion. If they can tie that up satisfying way, that I will still think the ending is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless of all this pish posh. I really will. But if they can't do that, like if it's just like, and he got his body back too. Yay, we won. <laughs> I think I'm just going to be like, oh man, well, Full Metal Alchemist is a wild ride. Uh, you don't, You don't have to watch the end. <laughs> Which is yeah. kind of how I feel about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, <Whoa>. shit. Preview. <laughs> Preview for two years from now, I guess. Great show, but boy, I wish the writer strike didn't happen. Now that Mike has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by saying two stars. That's it. Two stars without comment. Actually, I'm going to give it two souls and... <laughs> Because it sucked, <laughs> and not one, not one of mine. Because it sucked the soul right out of me. <laughs> oh man, I definitely liked this episode. I watched it twice, and I definitely liked it a lot more the first time than the second time. So I'm gonna give it five stars. I think. My man. <laughs> wow. Just, just to shake, just to avoid giving it an actual rating, because I have no idea, honestly. You're just gonna five burn stars. the whole world Hands down, down, aren't you? With this. I'm gonna give it a clean three stars because I love. I'm the number two Kimberly fan on the podcast, and yeah. also. <laughs> Wait, who's number one? Well, you you had a guest who's the number one Kimberly fan. Is what I oh, mean. that's oh, right. Fucker. That's right. Yes. Kimberly. Fucker, literally, yeah. <laughs> literally the kid. Mm -hmm. Yes, I really like that Kimberly scene and. And also, I think that the father uh, scar fight is one of the best fight scenes in the whole show. That's agreed. I agree with that. That's why it's not one star for me. But the Kimley scene is like Mary Poppins. Like it's like, and I have got to go again, children, to go save some other plot. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? I think three stars is actually really fair if you love that fight scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> because that is. is a damn good fight scene. And here it is, directly from whatever the hell all those souls went off to, Arthur's opinion. Hey guys, this is Arthur reporting live from the screaming torment of chaotic souls within Father's skin sack. I've got complicated feelings about this episode. I know you guys do too, so I won't harp on it too much. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny watching all the souls like rewind back into their original bodies. And man you know it's really good that they all knew where to go and that the baby wasn't like an old guy and it wasn't like freaky friday times one billion but yeah it came out of 
nowhere. Like, why didn't Hohenheim talk about his plan? Like, the eclipse was kind of cool, but why didn't he talk about this to anyone? It just came out of nowhere. And the Wrath and Scar fight was really cool. I liked it. Yeah, you know, Pride turned into a bean, which was, uh, that was new. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say three unenthusiastic stars for this episode, you know. We've been through, like, a stretch of episodes that were really quite good, and I think we're getting into a part where the final villain kind of falls apart just a little bit. Uh, But anyway, still had a good time, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. And now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analysts. So I'd like to take this moment to thank our guests for coming. Thank you so much, Magellan, Alan. Always a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's fun to be here. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate you. It's been a wonderful ride watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood with y'all. I think this is our, I mean, I'm sure this is our last Brotherhood appearance because it's about to end. Glad that I finally watched it after Arthur spent years telling me to and then started a podcast and I finally did it and it was worth it. Where can people find your content online, Magellan Nellon? Please share your stuff. You can find Chats, a television podcast. Currently on podcatchers, we're called Peaks Chats, a Twin Peaks podcast, because that's what we're watching. We're watching Twin Peaks from season one through to the return, the end of the return. Pretty soon, we're going to be dropping. We're finishing season two at this point. We're going to be dropping an episode pretty soon about Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, the movie, and then... Not too long after that, we are going to be starting our coverage of The Return, which I have not seen all the way through. Alan has. So we're reintroducing that element of like, whoa, I don't know what's going on. It's always fun to have that. Um, but yeah, you can find us right now. Peaks Chats, the Twin Peaks podcast, chatspod.com, chatspod on Twitter. We're chatspod everywhere. Patreon.com slash chatspod. That's our thing. Chatspod. And before you go, can you two please give your best Full Metal Alchemist? Wrap it up. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. And if you don't want to be stuck inside Father's Chestal area, which, I mean, I would love to be stuck there. Humna, humna, humna. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM Analysts. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. Thank you, You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram, at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. And this week, you can listen to Mike's live reaction to the Super Mario Brothers cast announcement. <laughs> yeah, I was nonplussed, but not terribly disappointed. The Chris Pratt is the most confusing part thing for me. <laughs> I'm a little confused. That's right. Show. You can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash FM, the word analysts. That's FM analysts. I always remember it by thinking fuck my no <laughs> that'll be out for now we'll see you next time on full metal analysts trapdoor ah! have a great weekend see you everyone i mean week i'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs>